welcome to the newest episode of Thrifty Minds. Um, I don't know what number this is anymore, but that's kind of exciting. Honestly, I agree, but also too, maybe it's like 12. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. That kind of sounds like correct. Um, but we missed you guys. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. Um, today is going to be um, a bit of a more somber episode, and um, it is going to be discussing Black Lives Matter, police brutality, and the overall violence um, that has been going on in this country. Um, so I don't know if there necessarily needs to be a warning, but I do want to let people know that that is what we're talking about today. I know that we usually come come at you guys with a lot of um, inspiration and excited talk about you know what the latest fashion stuff that's inspiring us in sustainable fashion and we will be touching a bit on on some of those related topics today but we are going to be dialing it back um, to really dive into what's been going on and um, also just trying to lift up certain people that um, we think you know need to be highlighted so yeah Dom do you have anything to add to that yeah I think I agree with you I feel like this this episode is a much needed episode to talk about I mean even though everyone has very strong feelings we do need to acknowledge because I'm a black woman okay and mm -hmm. I need able to feel free and express my truth as a black woman and the things that um, a lot of people of color have to overcome daily. Um, so with that being said, um, the women that I'm going to personally discuss um, and really um, shine some light on has has struck me in a, a particular way. I guess both of them are kind of similar as far as aesthetics of what they love and which they both love the community, which that's something that I have true to my heart. And I want to shine light on um, one uh, person, one woman in particular. Um, her name is Shelly Frey. And in 2012, um, she was murdered by a police. Um, and I want to just shine a little bit of light on her story. So I just want to briefly um, just put out a cautious, just if people feel um, the need. Um, this is a mother of two. And I just want to say that like, I appreciate all of the listeners that we have. And I appreciate um, all of the feedback that we've gotten um, so far. So let me just dive into this. Um, a mother of two um, was killed allegedly over petty shoplifting. Pretty much this is the headline of it, right? A 27-year-old mother of two was shot dead on December 6, 2012, when shopping with her friends in Walmart in the, in the store of Houston, Texas. So this kind of hits close to a, a home for me as well because it's in Texas and it's close to where we are. Um, so I feel, I feel in some way this is, this is something that I could relate to. Um, this happened after an off-duty sheriff deputy named Lewis Campbell approached Shelly and her friends, um, Tisha Andrews and Yolanda uh, Craig, um, on the assumption of Shelly has shoplifted. It goes to explain that, you know, 
Her and her friends were just leaving the store. Campbell pursued them as he escalated into their car, and to Shelly's car, to be exact, um, and bum-rushed his friends. As they tried to drive away, um, he draw his weapon. He shot twice into uh, the vehicle, which struck uh, her neck, which is Shelly, the mother of two. Um, actually, both of the bullets hit her because she was the one driving. So as she was trying to pretty much leave the scene because she had no reason to steal, I mean, it's even proven in the, in the actual police statement that um, she she actually bought everything that she came, that she went in the store for. Um, and actually, Walmart has the video of this woman being shot in the parking lot. Um, oh my god of Houston, in Houston, Texas, Walmart's parking lot. Um, this woman um, did not survive the two gunshots, two in the neck, by the way, two in the neck. Um, so she died on, on site, which also cr made the car crash. So the car actually hit another car, which also had other people in it, a mother of four. And <laughs> I mean, it's so sickening to me to actually read this and how, like, thinking about now and, the, and how things are continuously still happening and so bluntly happening, right, you know? And um, so her family pretty much um, took this to court. They took this bad boy to court. They took the cop to court. Um, he pretty much got on probation, got off on probation with um, no pay for about a year. And that wasn't enough for the family, which it, it really it really isn't. Um, mm -mm. Her family's based from the New Orleans area. They came from New Orleans due to Katrina. So her whole family had all relocated to Houston. And so Shelly was a, a single mother of two trying to get her life back together. You know, she was in school to be a nurse. Um, you know, her mother, her, her father and her mother took, helped her with the kids. Um, even her friends had nothing bad to say about her besides, you know, that this situation was tragic. I mean, and no one recognized that the cop was off duty. They just recognized that at the end of the day, he was a cop. And so I think that was a bigger issue in the lawsuit. So they also threw a, law, a wrongful lawsuit at Walmart for not, for not trying to de-escalate the situation as far as um, her shoplifting. So she did win that case, which was over, <clears throat> I believe, 100000 um, towards her and her family. Um, so Walmart did pay out on those coins. Um, but... I guess the moral for me of this is that a lot of a lot of cops feel like their job is 24/7. And I don't see how that is okay because there should be some type of work life work life balance. There should be some type of protocol for cops that are off duty and see a crime. Or if you feel like there is a crime, why are you attacking and not calling your superior? or other or de-escalating the situation or de escalating the situation but this wasn't even a situation and this is the this is the crime of this is that 
that actually let's get his name right so people can make sure because he's out on bail he he's pretty much a free man at this point because it's 2020 so when they try to recall go back to court for him he they pretty much just said that he had to they had to resign him so he, they got, he got fired from being a police officer um i'm trying to figure out where he works but it has nothing on file um but the the sheriff was lewis campbell and so i just feel like the it's just disgusting i'm i'm just gonna say it's mm -hmm. disgusting that you know black women are are and getting encountered by by injustice by uh, by a police officer that is off duty like how is that okay it's not okay and it's not okay for the for the department um to not acknowledge their family that this was a wrongful death like he completely shot her as she was leaving in the net like twice twice like like trying to even shoot the car to stop the car to maybe like no like go for the kill is exactly what is what it is and honestly to see the video is pretty heartbreaking and um i wouldn't recommend it if you don't have a you know if you are very sensitive in this topic i would not suggest you watch the video but also too like this doesn't need to stop here like we need to keep spreading this word 2012 was this um shelly frey miss shelly frey died a mother of two a beautiful woman um love you know, had lovely friends i mean it's just sad mary <sighs> yeah it's, very it's not that's, you know, that's from 2012, you know, is a thing. And they had video of that then. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just so disheartening. Mm -hmm. And it's so disgusting. Like, I can't keep saying, can't stop using disgusting. I, I just, that's how I feel. And I feel like I'm not protected by my police. I don't feel comfortable. I get the most anxiety. Like, it's not even funny. If I'm driving, like, and a cop just comes around me, I am sick. My hands are sweaty. I start to shake. I have to turn down my music. I have to prepare myself for whatever. I mean, that is a different type of feeling. I mean, that anxiety is is unknown. And I, honestly, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't drive if I feel that, you know, that energy and when I do feel that energy I try to get it out of the way you know because it affects me you know it really really affects me and I can just only imagine that's only feeling high on the road but can I you know imagine someone accusing me for something I didn't do even if I had my receipt mm -hmm. you know and yeah for her to, to die at the scene is 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 ridiculous for the cop to act, to say that she she put force on him is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. That that and even the fact that they had the witnesses there, that's what's another thing is that the the, the friends are also witnesses of this and literally testifying mm -hmm. against their friend, and it doesn't mean anything in the law law enforcement doesn't mean anything. right because so often. What, what you hear is just like they were they were the the they were the aggressor in the situation 
they were being the one that was violent when the violence is being enacted upon them and then they die you know they they end up being murdered at the end of this and then you just hear these stories with police officers saying no they were charging me no they were aggressing towards me and it just perpetuates this deeply rooted idea and as you said i'm going to use your word this disgusting idea that black people are aggressive and that black people are violent which is just they're just people white people get to be whatever they want white people we get to be aggressive if we want to be aggressive we get to express ourselves if we want to express ourselves and it's not turned in any sort of way you know so much of what i think is needed like i i saw something that said like um i want black people to have the freedom to just be able to do crazy things to do things that look suspicious freely the way that like you know my my like white friends and stuff when we were kids we would like go on abandoned lots and like be like look at that old shed building let's go check it out like and that is that was just the freedom that we lived with and to not even have the freedom in death to be talked with with respect and only be left with someone saying that you are aggressing towards someone is sick you know i think that that you know, and I didn't even know about this story before you shared it. And I also want to thank you for, you know, for sharing also your experience as well and how it feels when you're driving and being so vulnerable with that and, and just sharing what that's like because more people need to hear that and not ignore it anymore. And that's yeah. my takeaway, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. And thank you for sharing that because I honestly feel that at the end of the day, wrong is wrong, you know? And, and at the end of the day, justice should be served to every individual the fairest way. If I kill somebody, I'm going to jail. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're a cop, you need to do good at your job. Your job is to not kill everybody on site. Your job is to protect. Your job is to, to, to fill that void, to understand like, uh, you know. And on top of this, like this, this Sheriff Campbell, did it in front of other people, other people's children, other people's families, shot this black, beautiful woman in front of the whole, everybody in the parking lot. And to mm -hmm. think that, you know, still to this day, there's no real justice on that. It's pitiful. And it shows in this, in this, in the U.S. <laughs> it really shows mm -hmm. that it's horrible. And even in Texas, we need to do better. Um, I think that we need to push on, the bigger cities need to push on Texas a little bit more because we have that 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 voice. I mean, mm -hmm. think about it. Houston is a huge city of diversity. I mean, if we're gonna talk about real diversity, Houston is that. I'm talking right. about multiple places to eat, multiple um, races, uh, ethnicities, like genders. Like at this point, like Houston is that hub for us. And mm -hmm. for it to be still having these issues in 2012, I mean. I can keep going. Maybe I haven't found Houston, but I can look up all of Houston's issues. But still, that justice wasn't served. And I don't think that, you know, people know the power that we really have in our voices and us saying this is not okay. If we have children out here 
not going to school and not and protesting instead because they don't even feel safe there who are we not to be out here speaking our truth absolutely don thank you so much for saying that and i just you're you're so right and i just you're i just i think that you're doing that you're putting words to power you're taking you know your platform and using it and i think that that is you know as you said like one of the most crucial things to be doing right now and the ways that we can help each other do that and i think um you know the what i want to share today is you know i think obviously all the all the people that we are hearing about deserve the space um you know that they that they have on social media and in the news um that i wanted to share about someone that i hadn't heard about um in the news and they were murdered by a police officer on may 27th so not even a month ago or not even two months ago i mean um and their name was tony mcdade and they're a black trans man from um florida um and so they were from tallahassee and i just really want to take a step back and just talk about um what i saw on hrc um their website has a complete list of the members of the trans community that we've lost to violence this year and what they had to say about tony is that tony's nickname was tony the tiger and just the outpouring of love that people had for tony um, some of the things that they were saying was tony had such a big heart just your energy would lift my spirits one of the one of his friends said and then another one said the bond that we all held um from the feds to the free some people will never understand but when you are tired you're tired and i can only thank god for letting us hear your voice one last time and you saying you love us and that's from the last recording that they heard of tony before he was killed by a police officer and i think one of the worst things that i read about the situation and this happens i think basically every time that a trans member of our community is murdered is that they use the wrong gender when they're talking about their um when they're talking about the, any of these individuals in media and a lot of the time they use their dead name and this is just a whole process of erasing complete identities time after time after time and that is what we're dealing with is right now with social media and with people actually using their voices it's saying no you're not allowed to misgender this person you're not allowed to erase their identity and how dare you use their dead name you know, you have no right to do that. I just, going back to what you said, where wrong is wrong. I mean, how dare you? How dare yeah. you if you're going to do that? Honestly, Absolutely, Mary, how dare you? It's, it's, the, it's like the bottom of the sea, like scum of the scum. Like how, 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 how low can you go? You know, like how low mm -hmm. can you go? And I, wow, this story is very, it's, it's hitting me because I feel like, 
when people really care for someone and, 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 and the community reaches out, that speaks volumes on that individual. It really does. It mm -hmm. speaks so much value. And I mean, just to kind of put it in perspective, in 2000, uh, 2019, we had approximately 26 transgender or gender, gender non-confirming people fatally shot or killed by other violent means. So again, it's just like this other, it's just this, it's, it's just this other statistic that's just telling you about the violence that people feel towards, I don't even know, towards other people, towards other people. And, honestly, you know, go ahead. It's honestly fear, Mary. Sorry to jump in, but it's, it's the fear of the lack of knowledge. Like I mentioned before um, on one of our episodes is that you know, when you don't know something, you fear and you do the, you just go off of evil or you just go off something negative. Like, oh, I don't know how to do this. So I'm not going to do it. I'm going to forget it. It's horrible. It's awful. Or you have such a, a resistance to, to wanting to know and learn and open yourself up. There's such a resistance to open up and be like, you are equal. We are all equal. Like, why do you feel the fear of it not being equal? You can't, what is it? what is it, you know? And it's so nerve wracking. It's like, you want to look at people and just shake them and be like, can't look at this. Like I eat, you eat. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I just don't understand why, why, why the white, why white people feel so inferior of people that are not like them. I don't know, Dom. That is a great question. <laughs> this is, it's such a good question. And, and it's one that I, I think to me, as a white person, white people need to start talking about it with each other more. White people need to start holding each other accountable, myself included. I need to surround myself with people that are going to, while we're on the subject, Make sure that I'm using the correct pronouns. Make sure that I'm using the correct respectful ways to talk about other people and to treat people with dignity. And in no way does that, do I need to react like that threatens me. And, you know, I'll be totally honest with you. There's times where people have corrected me on like how I pronounced a name or how I, you know, if I have accidentally misgendered someone and it does feel like my, like my initial reaction sometimes is just like oh I like I fucked up and now I am like annoyed and embarrassed but no 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 like it's not it is it is just about learning and yeah. it is about doing better and it is about helping the other person you know and making them feel safe and feel appreciated and that's not that complicated it doesn't need to be you know like it is not that hard <laughs> It is not that hard and it doesn't need to be, people don't need to act like it is so complicated. You know, it's not. Because again, not. that's so othering. That's so othering to act like it's just this big deal. Like it's just this really complicated thing. I can't imagine what that would feel like. I can't imagine. And, you know, like you spoke about too, it's just people not wanting to learn and have and talk to each other about it. Talk to your white friend about it. Talk to your white mother or your cousin or your grandmother. You know, talk to these, have these uncomfortable conversations and don't give up. Don't give up. And, having that. Don't give up. Because you love them. Love you. you do. 
and vote people out too. You know, I think, you know, it's hard to, I think, focus on just the individuals because it's also so much about creating systemic change. It's about changing the very fabric of the system that's in place. I mean, we talked about this in our episode on, on about cotton on cotton. The very fabric of our money is cotton. The very thing that we make money on is directly tied to the biggest product during slave times. Like that is it. That is in our country still. That yeah, is still within our. It you, can't sep- you can't separate it at all. You can't. I, it's it is a fabric of its own, and. So, you know, I know, Dom, you have, but you have more to share with us today. So I want you to, to keep going, share with us what, what, what else you have today. Yeah. So um, I also want to share light um, on a beautiful trans woman. And, um, and I think there is no justice for, for this behavior. I think there, that, that, it's so, you know, it's just, I can't believe that we live in a time where mental health is not a key factor mm-hmm. in police brutality. Mm-hmm. If I have mental health issues and I call for help, why do I get killed? Why do I get killed, right? So Needs to be asked. <laughs> be asked and it needs to be pursued in the government in the in each police department that if it is a mental health case why are the cops going there why are the cops going there i mean Dom, you and i have both worked in downtown austin and there and there's a pretty big homeless population down there and we're i know we both have had friends you know that we would go and see on our breaks that you know, we would be like, here's some food, things like that. And there are times that they would come into our place of work, which we're not going to discuss, but, um, you know, and you don't have, like, we don't have the tools or other options to do anything but call the police if things start to escalate. And that's so unfortunate. And I've had to do it every single time. I haven't wanted to, not once. <laughs> Never. I'm definitely the one that's like, I can get, I can spare water. Do you can, you yep. know what I mean? Let me, hey mm-hmm. man, let me, let me let me let me give you some water you know it's just like i just feel like when it comes down to the law like police officers don't have to go to law school so that's weird to me and then also too when you're dealing with people in cases with mental health why is there not a person that is specifically in the department expert in mental health there's that's insane to me so let me let me get onto this story i'm sorry we got a a little bit off topic but it goes it ties right into this beautiful sad story um but um okay so kayla moore 41 year old um of berkeley died um after struggling with a berkeley police officer during a mental health call in 2013 so i'm taking it back right i'm taking it back because I, this has been going on, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, I want to speak truth on, and I want us to continue this conversation. Okay. So this beautiful trans woman, um, 
More than five years after um, being diagnosed with schizophrenia, this transgender woman died in the police custody after a mental health call a federal judge had tossed out her lawsuit after the family filed for wrongful, wrongful death. Another case thrown out, which is like, why do you even throw out cases? Like, I, I don't even get that. Like, can't you just give it to a person? Like, if I can't get it at A, can't B try it? Can C try it? Can D try it? Like, well, how do you just throw out cases and then there's no more? Um, also, it's a digital realm now. Y'all need to transfer. If you're still using paper files, I don't know if that's what the problem is, but if you're still on like an old government thing, you're using paper files, make it digital. If you're going to make excuses like, oh, we need more room, that's garbage. Continue, Dom. Yes. So um, the family of Kayla Moore allegedly filed the lawsuit in 2014, even though she died in 2000, uh, February 12th of 2013. Um, the city of Berkeley had six officers use ex aggressive and excessive force and suffocated Miss Moore by holding her down on her futon during the struggle after they, after you know, they were called to her apartment due to a mental mental health check. So it wasn't her that called actually. So that's that's another thing. The city, however, contended that the minimal and appropriate force was used and sought out on dismissal for the lawsuit in federal court, which was granted last week. Um, in this ruling, the U.S. District Judge Charles Beyer agreed with the city and ruled Moore's father, Arthur, which also stated that did not provide enough as evidence that her daughter was discriminated. Um, and the judge dismissed this whole case and the family back in 2016. In his ruling, the judge states that he initially thought that they were, they would be issues related with the ADA, which is the American with Disability Act, claims that he could have, that, you know, he could have, they could be tried. The officers mistaken arrested Kayla Moore because they took the effects of her disabilities as a crime and did not reason with her her schizophrenia so pretty much she could have been having an episode and they took that as the as as a threat the family had allegedly <laughs> followed another lawsuit against the same department screaming and 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 and, and wanting more investigation and more evidence on this claim like how do you just throw this out when she completely had an episode and six cops had to restrain her which suffocated her it's like how is this okay um and so i guess in conclusion i mean her family still is trying to fight this there is a justice for a kayla moore coalition in her hometown where we can all be able to continuously to promote um, and send and donate to this organization that helps trans women in the community fight against the federal law when they throw away cases. Um, and so I, I'm just troubled by men, when it comes to men, mental health and why cops are able to just think that that is a threat and that mm -hmm they not understand a mental health call and why does it involve six cops and why does it involve 
not one woman because it's actually say all of them were men and none of them went on on off duty like none of them got resigned fired none of them um went on probation or suspended like literally tossed this case away like a bad habit i'm very i'm just so furiated at this point like this is like the worst the worst way to acknowledge someone's death um is to just as they say the throwaway case is is what they call her her case it's the throwaway case because they felt like how, i just don't see how someone can just die when they're when they didn't even call for help but someone else did which was the neighbor and i'm just like does not does the neighbor not know that she had schizophrenia like how do you not know like and on top of that like isn't there someone that you should be able to call for her on her behalf? Like, how do you just end up calling the cops? Like, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of gray area in this. And I just don't feel like the judge wanted to pursue it or push, push, um, push the case. Right. Because again, it's just, it's just this like, that is such an extreme reaction. As you're saying, there should just, there needs to be more steps put in place before it ever could even get close to that being the end result. And sorry, to just justify, it's Berkeley, California. I'm just gonna let, put that out there. Berkeley, California, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, in a, it's literally in the heart of, California like I just don't see I just don't see how there isn't anything in place and it's just very frustrating to under to see that at the end of the day like you said the lack of education the lack of of even wanting to have sympathy and compassion is very disheartening it's not even there <laughs> it's, it's I mean the lack of right there's none mm -hmm. none of it like oh it is beyond an understatement to say how much things need to change everywhere, yeah. not just in California, in Texas, I in mean, every my, single state. Literally, our, we had a shooting 2012 in our, in our neck of our woods, literally in Houston, Texas. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. because you just we want this change right we really really are pushing for this change and we need people to understand that like this is not even for you at this point you know what I mean like it's not even for you at this point like it's for someone else and if you can't step outside yourself and worry about someone else's that that's weird because without everybody we wouldn't be going in this big world like without all these people and, and ethnicities and diversity like we would not be the world we are. And so it's just so ridiculous that on all spectrums, the core is systematic racism. Right, and it's holding back everyone. So, and I don't care, you know, what, what white people think about the privileges that we have. It's holding us back too, because we are part of this world, you know, and everyone else is too. So if one person's getting hold, held back, it doesn't matter if you're on top. Everything still shifts 
one level lower by just how how restricted we make things for for other people and you know too it just it's such a much more beautiful world when you let people be who they are and you don't have this intense visceral violent response to things yeah that's what i don't get i don't get i don't get that aggression i don't understand that need that's to react superior. so violently fear it goes back to what you're saying dom it just goes back to fear every time you know yeah. and if we didn't if people could just if we could just all learn to help each other work on that as you're saying we'd have such a much beautiful much more beautiful world because the truth is the world is not as beautiful each time even one of these people is taking taken so violently from it yeah and just in them and just in that like in their truth you know and i think that's another thing it's like what what in your mind thinks that this that this may not affect you you know what i mean like I don't, yeah. that like they don't even understand like why people should just think that like this you're we're not going to be on this world forever so what you're doing is going to affect and trickle down some way so at the end of the day as as you're still trying to be white and live in that privilege there's thousands and millions of other people trying to divert that and, and try to teach people that hey this is not okay so that for the future it's going to be it's not it's not even going to be existing because we've pushed it to so many people and instilled it in so many energies that like it's going to have to see its way out eventually a new world a new day it's going to happen we might not be here on the world to see it but at the end of the day our ancestors didn't see it for us you know like i mm -hmm. didn't my ancestors didn't see that i you know i would be out here protesting they probably was like we're doing this for our for the future you know like and that's how i had to think like even though i feel so like why isn't this not done like why is this still happening it's like i have to still push like I can't give up, I have to push because it's gonna happen for the future, you know? Like we're putting this energy out for it to hit 10 years from now. And it's when it hits, it's gonna be even more intense because it's not gonna gonna it's not gonna go unnoticed, you know. That's just how the universe works. It's like the bigger we get, the more eclectic we get. Like honestly, they're all races are becoming blended. And that's just fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect, you know? Mm -hmm. I wanna share um one more, one more um, person today, one more story that I don't think is getting enough coverage and enough, enough light shared on it. And that's also from the Human, Human Rights Campaign, HRC, for Brayla Stone. And Brayla Stone, y'all, she was so beautiful. Just look into her story. As soon as you see her picture, she has just vibrant purple hair, amazing makeup skills. And um, Brayla Stone was just 17 years old, a black transgender girl from Little Rock, Arkansas. And on June 25th, she was murdered. So this is the 17th violent death of a transgender or gender non-confirming person this year. Okay. Oh my God. And we're, that's for June. That's only six months into this year. 
and that's the 17th that's the 17th murder and so from the dates of may 3rd to june 9th there were eight deaths eight violent deaths of this nature so i don't want to get into too much of the details of her death i just want to talk about um how they celebrated her memory and so the center for artistic revolution hosted a vigil for stone on june 29th and they said they wanted um the mourners within the community to wear uh her favorite colors which are red and purple and they said we were holding a candlelit vigil for to honor brayla stone's memory Brayla was someone who always held space for others to be themselves and to express their identities. Despite the fact that these institutions don't support Brayla, it is important that we uplift her memory and dedicate ourselves to seeking justice for her. She was 17 years old and her life was taken far too soon. We must put a stop to the violence against black trans women. We don't want another black trans woman death to go unnoticed. And I just also want to add um, something that they that they said at the end here is, as a nation, we have failed Brayla. As we have failed every transgender and gender non-confirming per person killed in a country that embraces violence and upholds transphobia, racism, homophobia, and guns are not a not as important as people. And you know that just. That just reminds me of the fact, let's, let's just say it, Breonna Taylor's murderers have still not had to serve any sort of justice at all. They haven't had to face justice at all. Mary, they're on vacation, living their best lives. And, but you know what? That's not okay because justice needs to be served. They need to be locked the fuck up. Sorry for my French, but they need to be locked up. This is not okay. This woman did not just die for fun. You guys murdered her. All of you. All, all of you that have been able to survive and kill innocent people, you guys are murderers. I'm just, police or not, you are a murderer and you need to go to jail. You need to go. There's people in jail for an ounce of weed. People in jail for a, a, a dime of weed. Like, are you kidding mm -hmm. me? Are you kidding me? And it but, recently came out that she was alive, that they could have, there could have been something that was done to save her. It's never okay for anyone to feel like murdering someone and not being able to live up to those consequences. Um, I just feel like even if you're in the line of duty, your, your job is not to kill, it's to protect. And I think that is not, is not a real enough mission in any mm. police force that I, I can think of that have murdered innocent people. Right, because if you're a doctor, you have to take a Hippocratic oath not to cause harm, right? So as a police right. officer, what oaths are you, are you promising and which ones are you violating? And, you know, we, you, you hinted on this earlier, Don, when you said, you know, lawyers have to go to school for so long and doctors had to go to school for like eight years you know if the if you stay on track and you're doing well you know and it's just not acceptable that the people that have the most weapons in this country and 
are supposed to uphold the, the law don't even really understand the ins and outs of the laws that are in place and yet get to get to surpass them. You know, who else among us would be able to go and shoot someone in their home, no matter the, the reason, and get away with it for four months, for four months afterwards? Yeah, no one. Nobody. Not even the answer. <laughs> the answer is not anyone. Disgusting, and it needs to be some type of systematic change and you know how the, it goes back to voting you know it does go back to voting but i also have my fear in voting as i have my fear in in our in in, in our government <laughs> right. um and so it's even hard for me to say with a straight face and believe it because you know i know that voting is important i know the the significance of voting but do i feel deeply in my spirit that voting is going to change systematic racism no because what's going to change systematic racism is putting law into place like mm -hmm. putting putting law into place to have those changes i hear you because i think you know part of what you're acknowledging is that our country it's just its bones, its foundation is in racism, sexism, and phobia. Phobia of all kinds. It keeps coming back to fear. And, you know, I, I'm a strong proponent of voting. I know you are too, but it is, it is a point to be made that that is, not the only, that is not the only answer and that some people's votes are just not as weighted as others. I agree with because that. To me, the truth is, if you, if you are a certain type of voter, you know everyone that's on the ballot, right? You know the ones that are going to uphold your, your racist mindset. You know the people that are going to uphold your homophobia. You know the people that are going to be against equality. And you vote for them. And you vote for them every single time. But a lot of the time with younger generations, myself included, I go in and I'm like, oh, I don't know, like all this person's stances, I'm gonna, you know, hopefully I know some of them, but I don't know where they stand, you know, with, with a lot of things, with, with their, with how they feel about the criminal justice system, with how they feel about, you know, the trans rights, with, with equality, all of these different things. And so I, I do appreciate you bringing that up because it is, very complicated. <laughs> it's ex extremely complicated. But you know, I also think too, it's not all about, I think what's also so heart disheartening is so much of the memory on the grand scale of all the people we talked about today and all the people that we didn't, is that it's, you just are left with this violent story. And you're not left with this story of celebrating who these people are. And so I do think it's important to take some time to just talk about, you know, the way that, I mean, like for instance, the way that the trans community has have leveraged fashion as a way to not only clothe themselves, but clothe themselves in dignity, to show who they are, to be expressive. I mean, some of the most beautiful styles that we have today have been stolen from specifically the black trans and non-conforming communities exactly mary 
and on top of that, it can go back to to a lot of things. Style, music, dance, voguing, underground house. All of these these camps, these all of this is from th that community and for all of us to sit here and 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 discuss these things and continue to have this conversation is also healing. I think that's another thing that I love um, and that you also brought up is celebrating and 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 all of these ugly stories don't have a beautiful ending, but they have beautiful celebrations. And I think that that's something that I love, Mary, that you brought in and to share her celebration because you know we all know that hurt of someone dying. We all know that hurt of like how that may feel for them. And it's just beautiful to see celebration and to see, you know, a death is not in vain if, you know, no one's not there to celebrate it, you know? So I do feel like, I think it's beautiful that we, ha we have seen the change of like trans community uplift and, 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 and maneuver through this negativity and, 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 and uplift themselves as well. I mean, it's just insane. Like, at, even though they get thrown so many, so much, they still come out of the mud into this beautiful lotus. And it's just like, how do you just not recognize it? You can't, you, you cannot, cannot. Not, you know? And so yeah. I appreciate that from anything. I mean, for you to be in the mud consistently from, not from, from, from your government, from, from your friends and your family to your community and still blossom into something so beautiful. It's just, it's beyond me. And at the end of the day, we need to hold cops accountable for um, targeting. Right. And make sure that you, you know, there's always going to be a way to look to the people that are most vulnerable um, amongst you and, and be able to help, you know, and I think that that's really what you're getting at. Cause you know, I do think that the HRC does a really beautiful job of commemorating all of the trans and non-conforming community and all of the LGBTQ um, queer community, you know, and, but I, it cannot be, you know, it cannot be said enough that the black LGBTQ community is the most vulnerable in so many of these cases. And also too, I think that is important to say, to, for me to say at least, it is, you know, must be maddening, and Dom, you could speak to this much, much more than me, but to see something that you were, you know, you were villainized for, something that you created that was beautiful, that, that you were bastardized for, and then see mainstream culture just get to just have a heyday with it. And that happens on TikTok all the time. That happens on TikTok all the time, to this day, of just a bunch of much more privileged people, let's say teenage white kids, I used to be one, I get it. And just taking things from the trans community, from specifically black community of all identities and, and culturally appropriating it. And the, and the issue is that is like, when you get to do that, you don't have a target on your back. You spoke so well about that, Dom, but it is targeting. That doesn't happen to you when you do that. And that's, that's the lesson on cultural appropriation. If you don't have a target on your back for doing the exact same thing that someone else did, that's the problem. You know what's so good though? It's call out season, honey. It's call <laughs> out season. You know what I'm saying? 
at the end of the day, we're going to call out your injustice. We're going to call out your racist slurs and we're going to keep talking about it. You, like you think that, you know, you like TikTok's been called out for it several times. And, you know, at the end of the day, like it's going to come to a point where it's like, no one's going to want to support TikTok because they don't even feel freely of getting the right recognition that they deserve. You know, and at the end of the day, it's like, we need to continue to call out these corporations, these people, these organizations, these nonprofits that are blatantly using people of color to benefit and lever themselves. And let's not get this fake stuff where it's like, I, just because you put Black Lives Matter in your bio, put the little pic, you, if you have not subconsciously thought about what you are in society as a white woman, white man, and really dissect that and be like, can I really be better today and tomorrow to my fellow people of color? Like, if you haven't really sat down and thought about that, you do not care. You posting it just as a social media fad trend, it's not okay. We are gonna continue to call those out as well. It's call out season, Mary. We're gonna call it out, we're gonna call it out, and we're gonna call it out. (laughs) And it's not gonna slow down anytime soon. No. And now that we're back on the ball, honey, it's never, it's, it's, look, we can talk about it every episode. It's going to call out the call out minute. We're going to call it out. We're going to call out people that we should not be, you guys are wrong. Corporations are wrong. Organizations that are wrong. I mean, I literally just followed a Instagram um, called wealth underscore five one two. And it calls out corporations of racism and disappropriation and i am now not supporting milk and honey you really need to check out what they've been doing in texas how they've been treating it so i also want to put that in our description because it's important that you guys know that whelp underscore 512 is calling out calling everybody out and it's just beautiful to see especially in our city i was about to say i was like you need we need to put that in the in the descriptor box too because that is such a big part of the conversation. And we've talked about that. I think that that came up in one of our very earliest episodes with um, with the Treasure City Thrift. You know, is thrifting is another way that white dominant culture has come in and stolen something. Again, you know, that is a way to express and to talk about these things. And then we have these local businesses I don't know what milk and honey's deal is, but we have these, you know, local businesses that come in and profit much more off of that. And so I think when you're having businesses that, as you said, Dom, are using this to save face and then moving on with their regular lives. And if you're a business that's thinking, you know, maybe even subconsciously like, oh, well now I can't profit as much because of the Black Lives Matter movement. It's like, hello. Yeah, um, you're okay. You should have been, you should have prioritizing, you should prioritize black businesses before now. It shouldn't have taken this time for you to get to this point. It shouldn't have taken this movement and this moment for you to wake up a little bit. And if you just want to go back to sleep, that's fine. You're going to fall asleep and stay asleep while the rest of the world stays awake and moves on without you. Exactly. And at the end of the day, we we don't have tolerance to continue to teach hate. That's the thing I don't appreciate. Mm-hmm. It's that like, don't continue to teach younger kids to hate certain races where at the end of the day, when they, you're going to be dead and gone and they're going to have to deal with, with things of all races because it's not going to just be one race in the future. And I'm just saying like, it's even proven, scientifically proven. 
You know what I mean? Over decades of time that one race is really going to be a blend. And at the end of the day, you're fighting and you're doing all this injusticeness for what? For what? And, you know, I have to say, you know, studying sociology, your idea of what you think white gives you is, is made up. You know, there's so many ties that we have of whiteness corresponding to class, corresponding to wealth, corresponding to even success. And that is yeah. all, those are all lies. And we need a lot, a lot, we need to knock them down one by one because it is a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope and we've been sliding down a cliff. <laughs> so we're not even sliding, we're falling, free falling down a cliff of, you know, this, this snowball effect. And then, yeah. you know, I think it's, I think it's so beautiful to get, you know, I think just to see the inspiration, you Dom very, very much included in this of people just being able to speak their truths. And you know what, let's not act like that is new because that is also another very frustrating part of this conversation is that it's like, this is not a new conversation. This is not a new conversation. This conversation has been going on for so long and people just didn't want to listen. And, not, and don't even care to continue to listen. You know, that's where I'm at. They don't want to continue to teach it. They just want to mm -hmm. want to say their things and move on. But on some like fun, 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 cool facts, I want to yes. bring it because I know everything right. is a little, a little fiery, but just fine, which is fine. We need a Let the sun creep back in. Let the sun creep Let back in a little. There's some sunlight. Okay. So I know like during this whole COVID situation, people have, have, you know, haven't been having to stay at home and um, just having to be not out and about and bring our climate. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I just want to share a couple of wonderful good facts on how um, the climate is, is doing during uh, COVID and how it's improving. So actually, 11% um, of like um, emission waste it's, it's gone down 11% since COVID. So Ooh. that is all of those airports, honey, all of them jets flying, it's gone down mm -hmm. 11%. So in, in our retrospect, um, when it comes to gl global warming and all of that, emission is one of the top three main reasons why <laughs> the world is just getting cracked open because of all the gases that just flow up into our universe and it can't really be truly released. So it pushes mm -hmm. back and cracks our core system, which allows the world to just burn up, right? So mm -hmm. um, this is really helping our greenhouse gas emission, y'all. It's really helping our climate by alleviate, alleviating all of this gas. So staying at home is helping. If you're staying at home, thank you. If you're an essential, thank you. Um, but let's try to just keep this going. I mean, the higher, the, the percentage of this, there's, I'm getting my facts from conservation.org and um, it's giving you a little pretty much timeline from the six months from now, if COVID is still happening and everyone's staying at home, mm -hmm. um, what percentage of the climate could really get. So right now it's at 11%. They said if they continue to stay at home orders last till December, up to 35% decrease of emission gases will will alleviate from the world which will put us back in you know the i guess not not 
I guess not in danger mode as far as global warming, but also in like the the you know Orange. fair fair. We're in the fair area. If we're talking about yeah. credit. We're in the fair area. Um, okay. So I think for me that is one of the biggest happiest things that I could really think about because a lot of people's livelihoods um, are, are being affected, which I understand, but also our world is also being affected by people's livelihoods. So it's a hand in hand thing. Um, another thing that I want to mention is people that are, their livelihoods that are dealing with are, um, are farming. They're actually sustainable farming has increased um, due to the lack of, of corporations demanding um, processed food. So oh. everyone now are taking their time due to COVID to really start to make their own groceries. They also saw that tons of people are, are using YouTube as the, their new gardening tool. So that's really fun to see because I definitely use YouTube to garden myself, but a Pretty much, they're saying 39 jobs, um, 39 per, I'm sorry, 39 million um, farmers throughout the world have tried to transition or are in the process of transitioning to a sustainable way of farming, which means Whoa. that's a lot. That's, that's a huge. lot of people, farmers, corporations, thinking about changing to a sustainable far farming and sustainable growing sustainable corporation like people are really talking about sustainability in a different level because of what it's truly doing to the world and i'm here for it that is beautiful that is the best news i've heard all week and it's friday you know we're at the end of the week yes hooray Thank you for sharing that, Dom. I think that's a beautiful way to wrap up this episode. I know we both have some resources that we want to shout out for right now. Um, I'll let you go first, Dom. Take, yeah. take the honor. Um, so I just want to source what I've got all my information from. Um, we Please. will be putting this in the description box, but just to give you guys just the little fun facts about the climate, uh, conservation.org. Um, some of the cases that we talked about for me, I'm not going to forget them. Let's say their name, Kayla Moore, 2013, wrongfully, wrongfully death, and Shelly Frey, 2012, uh, wrongful death. Um, and also all died on the hands of the police. Um, and so I do have their links it will be dropped in the bio in our description box, but just want to give a major shout out to Thrifty Fields and Thrifting Thrifting Minds podcast because we are pushing the envelope on, on, on all levels and we want to continue to do that. And I just mm -hmm. want to shout out always my co-host, Mary, um, mm -hmm. and all of our listeners. We really appreciate you guys. We thank you guys for being patient with us. I mean, thank you guys for still wanting to listen to us. Even if we don't have the same episodes up, we've still been getting listens. We appreciate all of the new people that are listening to us and, mm -hmm. and, and getting inspired by our, our, our conversations and so yeah I want to just shout out all of that <laughs> and thank you guys again and and don't forget to spread the word black lives matter all, uh, literally all trans lives LBD, lbgtq queer and non-binary non lives matter I mean we need to speak it and we need to continue to speak it and say their name and I'm here if you guys ever need to talk 
I'm my DMs are open. Our DMs are open. Mm-hmm. We want to also state that um, Mary's done a great job. Um, if you haven't checked out our Instagram, of giving us resources. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you all the spiel. I'm gonna let Mary take it away from here. Well, thank you so much, Dom. You always boost my confidence so much by the end of every single episode with your sweetness. Um, it just gives me such life. So uh, I want to shout out, of course, I'm sure as everybody already knows, justiceforbriana.org. So that is just a really great website to go and take action to demand justice still, which we shouldn't still have to be doing, but here we are. Um, so we'll also link that in the description box. And the second place that I want um, to direct people to is um, marshap.org. So that's Mar- Marsha P. Johnson Institute. And if you go and donate, I just wanted to share really fast their really great donation page. It says, support is free and it doesn't cost a thing to offer your love, which can I just say, I just love that um, first off. Agreed. Then they add, but when you become a partner, you help us employ black trans people, build more strategic campaigns, launch, launch winning initiatives and interrupt the people who are standing in the way of more being possible in the world for black trans people and all people. Being the champion for solutions is the legacy of our namesake, and it is our goal to continue that legacy by championing solutions for Black people in the U.S. We are offering a new reality for Black trans people in America. Our commitment is forever. Help us make it happen. So again, I'm going to link that at the in the descriptor box, and I just want to, I will also include um, the links that I have for the um, HRC's uh, articles that I talked about today. And again, it's important to speak these people's names. We got Tony McDade, who was taken from us just two months ago, and then Brayla Stone, who was taken from us less than a month ago. It will be exactly a month tomorrow. Um, And, you know, I just also want to say, as always, share your resources with us. Dom's put it so beautifully. We are here for you if you need anything. We can also link our email. You can DM us. And I just want to end today by not only thanking DJ, our producer, for being here to record us and edit us and make us sound good. Um, And finally, you know, Dom, I think you deserve a huge shout out because as we talked about on our previous episode, you're making things happen. You know, the world might have slowed down a little bit, but you, my friend, have not. You are making an LLC for your business. You are keeping on track. You are still working even virtually as hard as ever. And you inspire me every day with that. And just being able to come and do this with you every single time is such an honor and such a treat that I get to be a co-host with someone that is always putting their community and and sustainability at the forefront of their brand, the forefront of their vision, and the forefront of their life. And I think that you're just such an inspiration for that. And so I'm just so proud of you. So that's that's the end. We're gonna wrap up, you know, this this episode um, with some of that positivity. And also thank you for sharing those those facts at the end. Um, I know everybody so also needed to hear those we all need a little bit of something to uplift us at the end of the day 
But I think that makes it to the end of our episode. And yes, guys. we want to thank everyone for listening. And we can't wait to see what happens next and hear, hear from you guys soon. And you'll be hearing from us for sure. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Thrifting Minds. Our podcast is produced and edited by DJ Lucas. Our theme song is by Stefan Osei. And we cannot wait to bring you more inspo for thrifting and fashion on the next episode. Stay tuned.